Welcome to the PSD Cast with your host, Jason Lumberg at Power Systems Design. One of the more interesting emerging markets in solid-state lighting is the horticultural space. By one estimate, the LED horticultural market is worth around $6 billion now, and it's projected to grow just under $20 billion by 2029. And like Advanced Energy pointed out in the recent white paper, the use of LEDs for horticultural lighting could help address production challenges for food, pharmaceutical ingredients, plants, and flowers. And on the line to discuss this is Advanced Energy's Frank Cerulea. So, Frank, thanks for joining us. And first off, what makes lighting for horticulture uh, so distinct from other lighting applications? Well, thank you for having me. And, uh, we'll get to all this about lightings here. So if we look at uh, lighting uh, in general, uh, and then you're saying, what about horticulture? What's the difference? In general, when you look at parking lots, uh, office buildings, and things like that, the lights that are used there, even though they're going to LED lights, because it's much more efficient, um, the LED lights there tend to be sort of a bright light, a lot of yellow, a lot of light green. So they tend to be a light where it's bright and people can see. Uh, That's sort of the opposite sort of for horticulture, because horticulture, that type of light really is just heating up a plant. In general, uh, in plants and horticulture, um, the lights, there's two types of lights for horticulture. One is when the plants are small or veggies are just growing. So you don't want to bombard them with all the lights. Because if you look at the sunlight, the sunlight gives you a spectrum of all the waveforms, all the lights, you know, that so that it gets, the plant gets bombarded with a bunch of lights, a bunch of waveforms from the light itself. Uh, the plant doesn't need all that. And that's where the horticulture comes into play and the lights for horticulture. They're designed so that the main waveform or lights going to the plants are what the lights uh, plants need. And so the baby plants or veggies, what they call sometimes, uh, those need certain lights and they tend to be more bluish. So they're not getting bombarded with all types of lights, uh, just enough so that they grow and they grow healthy. And then as the uh, plant starts to grow, there they want to have a little more bright reddish lights. Uh, and so it, the spectrum would change. And so sometimes uh, in horticulture, you'll have sort of two different lights, or I want to say three. You may have lights that are designed just for the veg states where it's growing, and you'll see a bunch of more bluish uh, color to it. And then you'll have a light for just when the plant is fully grown and you want it to flower to whatever you want it to do, right? Then those tend to be more orange and reddish in color. And then you have uh, lights that sort of have both of those spectrums in there, but they try to reduce that yellow and green light that the plant doesn't really need, and the only thing it does to the plant is provides heat, which the plant doesn't really want. So those are sort of the main uh, differences between a horticultural light and a general LED light. Uh, so they're really tuned for the plant itself and how it grows. Hopefully that answers that question with a long answer. <laughs> <laughs> no problem. Okay, well, you sort of got into this uh, a little bit already. Maybe you can underline the point. Um, what types of horticultural lighting are LEDs uh, ideal for? 
uh, types of – ideally, uh, you're not going to use all the country lights in an outdoor, right? So ideally, it would be for uh, greenhouses where they need supplemental lighting so that uh, when the sun goes away – because they're going to use the sun. Greenhouses will use the sun. It's way open, but it's a one layer of plants. You're not going to have multiple layers like you would in an indoor grow, and I'll get to that in a minute. But for the greenhouse, they tend to be very large areas. Uh, and if you want to get more yield from the grow area, basically when the sun goes down, you turn on these other lights for supplemental lighting, and that's one area where uh, horticulture lighting is used is for supplemental lighting. Um, the other one is uh, for vertical. And then for vertical, it's even more important because for indoor grow, what that allows you to do is, yes, there is no sun, but now you use LEDs, and now you can have racks, levels of growth. So you can have two levels, three, four, and so now you can get very large yields in a small area because it's not a one flat, one row uh, application like uh, greenhouses are. So now you have multiple levels, and that's where LEDs come into play tremendously because they produce what the sun would produce otherwise, right? And now they're small enough that you can put them in between layers and you can have that multiple layer. The biggest obstacle for that is uh, two items. One is the LEDs generate more heat into that grow area. So now there's a lot more AC that's needed to pull that sun, the uh, heat out, okay? So energy cost starts to go up when you do vertical farming because you have to do a lot of things the sun would do otherwise. So, so lighting is one, but then you have the heat that you have to deal with, right? Uh, then the spacings. So you want to make sure your lights are as thin as possible so that you can get as many layers as possible as well, right? So if you have these thick, large lights, it's hard to get multiple levels or enough of them because you've got that spacing that you have to deal with. You know? So so basic lighting, for horticulture lighting, the two main areas are going to be uh, greenhouses, that's supplemental lighting, and then for indoor housing, it's the main lights. Uh, so it's critical to run them as you need but uh, to try to get that heat out. You know? And that's sort of where we come to play, and we'll talk about that a little later. I hope that answers okay. your question of where they are used. Excellent. Well, in the white paper, you guys mentioned how for vertical farming, many growers are not reaping the full benefits of LED efficiency due to energy losses incurred in the scheme to provide power to the LED. So how can we rectify that? Yeah, so that's uh, two items there in a way. Uh, one is, uh, again, that heat that you have to get out of there, okay? So now you're paying more for AC. So the challenge is that what's being typically done now is when you have an LED light, the power supply or the driver for that light sits right on top of the light or as close as possible to it. And so now the AC, you plug it into some AC, it comes from some circuit breaker, into the uh, horticulture light, which really goes into a power supply or a driver. And then from the power supply, it goes into the light. So you have some conversion there, some power conversion, and that's done in the grow area. And that's usually a single phase, 120, 208, 
kind of plug. So a few things happen. Because that power supply or driver is inside the grow area, the grow area heat is going to be even more than just the LED sitting there. And so you'll need even more additional AC, which, again, that's energy that you're using, to try to cool not just the LED lights because they get hot, but because there's a power supply or driver there and that's dissipating heat, you have to cool that off too. So if we can remove those drivers, power supplies from the LEDs or the light rack, remove them from the grow area, move them out into some outside electrical closet or even in the hallways, but move all that power outside the grow area, now the plants don't see all that extra heat. And it is a lot of heat. It's about, you know, 30% of the total heat is coming from that power supply. So it is a lot of energy that's being pushed into those plants, and plants don't like that heat. <laughs> so they're going to try to keep away from those drivers or power supplies, and you'll see a nice height of plants, and all of a sudden you see a little dip just because it's trying to keep away from that extra heat. Okay, so the sea of green is sort of disturbed because of those drivers. So going back to the inefficiency, we pull out those drivers, which are single-phase typically, you know, 120 and you go into a larger driver that can power a lot of lights. So instead of 20 lights with 20 AC plugs, you're going to have one driver, one power source, with one power supply, with one AC input, but it can drive 20 lights. So now the heat stays out. The new driver is larger than just a single small driver, and that typically is a three-phase system. And so a three-phase versus single phase, the power factor, which is the quality of the uh, single coming into the power supply or driver and how clean that reflects back to the utilities. So the power factor, if you had a one, you'll get the best rate possible. If you had a 0.5, you're paying almost double of what the guy with a power factor one would pay because there would be so much junk on your line and utilities will make you pay for it. So the power factor is much cleaner and much higher with three-phase than single-phase. And there you can start saving anywhere from 6 to 8% every day on your utilities. Just so think of it for the whole year, 6 to 8% savings is just pure product. It's just a profit because you're not paying all that extra utility bills. So power factor is a big deal when you can pull all those drivers out of there uh, and put them into one larger one where you can run three-phase versus single. It also balances the electrical lines within the building, which electrician has to do if he had all these separate drivers everywhere. Um, so a lot of positives um, when it comes to doing it. And then, again, the biggest thing is it, the power factor is much higher, and you'll get either 6 to 8% uh, of uh, the reduction in utility costs because of that. And you don't have all that extra XC cost uh, because you're not trying to pull out the heat out of the grow area. Okay, well, well, Frank, before I let you go, yeah. the, the paper yeah. also mentioned how a creator of vertical farming has adopted uh, advanced energy solutions. So can you discuss the benefits of the Artisan LCM 4000 series? Yeah, um, so this, all this approach actually started more out of uh, getting the heat out of the area because it was affecting their plants than was the thought that, oh, it's going to be more efficient and you're going to save money. 
that was sort of a second effect. And there's actually a lot more than just that second effect of inefficient uh, power factor where your utility voltages reduce. So the main thing for these growers is it gets the heat out of the grow area. So the plants do much better, okay? It's much more controlled. The power factor being high causes the utility costs to go down, which is great. The other thing is that these drivers can be controlled digitally. And so now they become smart drivers, and they can sense how much current's going to the lights, how much voltage is going on the lights. And during a schedule, if a light is not doing what it's supposed to, because we're sensing all that, we can send out a text to the farmer, to the grower, whoever, and say, there's an issue with a light. So even before the, somebody goes out and sees a light that was bad, they'll get a notice and saying there's a problem, go fix it. Typically, these drivers that sit on the lights, it's not LEDs that fail, it's the power supply. It's the driver that fails. So you have people climbing ladders and throwing away a light plus the driver. With the remote driver, there's no power supply on top of the light. If a driver was to go bad, it becomes sort of a hot swap. You pull out a driver from these shelves, because these drivers tend to be in the shelf. You pull one out, put another one back in. And so the mean time to repair is so much lower because, one, they're going to let you know right away, and, two, it's a quick fix. You're not climbing a ladder. You're not. And then these plants, sometimes they get so tall that you can't even tell there's light out for a little while if you don't get that feedback. Okay. And the other things that have happened because of this is installation costs, which surprised us. Okay. Well, in a way, it did, in a way, it didn't. Because we can do everything digital, these controllers, these drivers that sit on the power supply or light, in order to do dimming, you have to send them extra wires that tell them, you know, dim 10%, 20% at a certain time. So more wires have to go out to the drive to the grow area to control all these lights. With the central approach, where it's remote, all that control is done right there locally at the driver since the driver is telling the light what to do. You know, so... You don't have all the extra uh, wiring that's needed. And we had two actual grow sites where we had one, the installer did a comparison for us, and the other one, the nutrition did the comparison for us of the layout. So one facility was about 200,000 watts, okay? It wasn't that big. Uh, so it cost the difference really between a central approach or a local one where all the drivers and lights, it was about a 22% difference in cost for just the wiring, not the lights, not the driver, but just the wiring. So it was about 22%. And then I had another one that was a 1.4 million watt facility, so much bigger. And the difference between going with a centralized approach versus local drivers, uh, that was 49%. So that one was, it cost 110000 using the centralized approach so that all the drivers are outside the grow area. And it would have cost $218,000 to do it with all the wiring inside, with all the local drivers everywhere, with all the dimming wires everywhere. So it was extreme for us when we heard that. Uh, and, and they said those were actual, two actual uh, facilities. The other thing is weight, even shipping equipment, Drivers versus remote drivers, it's almost a 41 difference in weight. 
because the remote drivers are very heavy because they have to have all this extra heat sink as, as well because it's out there in the, in the go area. Um, so the weight is almost a four to one. Uh, the amount of circuit breakers that you're going to use, it's almost a three to one, four to one ratio. And then the biggest thing is if for cannabis growers or any grower that has lights that are on for 12 hours and 12 hours off and 12 hours on, because there's, there's a lot of produce that works that way. And we have another uh, piece of equipment called the ITS, which is a, a switch. So with that, you can have just one power source, one centralized approach. You go to this switch, and the switch will just go to room A for 12 hours and B for 12 hours. So that saves, you know, 50% of the power source because if you had drivers regular at the at the lights, both rooms have to have all those drivers. But with centralized approach, you have just one set of power source, and that goes to two rooms using a switch. And there, the installation costs are going to be even higher because you don't have to have all that extra power. You have one power source. And the other thing that this helped a lot of is some growers, they buy old buildings and retrofit them for indoor grow. They only have so much power that is going to come into the building without paying a lot more to upgrade it, right? So using the switch reduces the amount of power that's really needed into the building. And so for two rooms, they can use one power switch versus if you had all those drivers, you would have them both rooms. And that counts for how much current comes into the building. So that ITS switch has saved some of these growers or allowed them to put more product into the building by having just one power source. So a lot of things happen when the complaint, main complaint was, can we get the heat out? And so we got the heat out, but a lot of nice things happen in doing that also. Okay. All right. Thanks, Frank. <laughs> I want to thank you for your time. And to our audience, thanks for joining us. Stay safe and healthy and have a great day.